And now, it's time for the Tech EU Drive at 5 with Robin Bouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the Tech EU Drive at 5. I am your host, Dan Taylor, and we are the droids you're looking for. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 15 of the Drive at 5, and... As usual, I guess I think it's fair to say as usual now, I'm joined by my co-pilot, the inimitable Robin Vukovic. I didn't get it right last week. <laughs> well, Robin's underwater. That's that's the easy. I want to learn how to say your name correctly, though. Robin, Robin Vauter. It's never going to happen. Roger Waters. Yeah, let's just call it Roger Waters. Roger isn't Waters. A, isn't that a musician? <sighs> Well, I don't know about you, but I'm comfortably numb. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> oh, sorry. Speaking of numb, Robin, what uh, what have you been up to? I was I was out. I was off in the mountains of Switzerland for a few days. Uh, what did you do this week? I I, I heard that uh, you were you were not in the office either. Yeah, I spent uh, the last couple of days in the very very lovely city of Ghent, uh, helping out the big score uh, by emceeing the event for three full days. Uh, the big score is essentially. Uh, a place where European scale-ups come to pitch, uh, international investors. Uh, two days of European scale-ups, one day of uh, the best of Belgium, uh, more early-stage startups. And I introduced every single one of them. Uh, it was 90 pitches in total. Uh, wow. So it fried my brain a little bit, but I actually quite enjoy it. And I'm not just saying that just because we're partners of the Big Score, but I genuinely mm. enjoy the event because, you know, get seven minutes uh, of 90 startups, you get so much in- insights into what people are building, what they're you know what, what they're passionate about mm. what they're raising and why uh, but you can also talk to the investors where you know we're in a downturn uh, yeah. so you get some candid conversations going about you know are you actually investing uh, what right. are you investing in right. so i learned right. a lot like it was a fun three days i have to say yeah well that, that sounds like a good business research trip uh well it wasn't you, the mountains of switzerland but it was well it, it, it wasn't the mountains of switzerland and i did have fondue and i had about uh four pieces of fondue before i was fondue <laughs> Fun done. <laughs> but, um, thank you very much. Well, listen, let's uh, let's get into the news then, shall we? I mean, uh, so uh, talking of Belgian scale-ups, uh, one that caught my eye this week, Cohabs, not to be confused with Rehabs, uh, which is a co-living spaces. Um, they try to make me go to Cohabs. In, in and around <laughs> Brussels. Weren't we supposed to? You know what? Do you know the, You know these guys, right? Disclaimer, are you invested in this company? You're not, right? I'm not. I'm not. I okay, barely know God. the founders. Okay. I know a little oh, bit. Oh, well, well, I'll tell you what. When, when, when everybody, when all of our podcast listeners come to join us for the summit, when is the summit, Robin? It's 24 May. The 24th of May. I think we should get a Tech EU Cohab's house. What do you think? It would yeah, be just like a, Animal House, except more serious. This, this, so that'd be a wonderful idea. Just bring the King team together in a, in a Cohab space. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, have you seen one of these places? So, so sorry, hang on. Before you answer that, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, Cohabs is a co-living spaces. They have, uh, what are they, have 49 properties, I think, in and around Brussels now. They've got about 10 in New York City. Uh, and from, I mean, either they've got a fantastic photographer, which they probably do, or, and or, there's a heck of a lot of beautiful architecture in Brussels. Uh, and what these guys are doing is they're going in, they're snatching up these properties, and then they're either gutting them or massively rehabilitating these buildings, and they're building them out, uh, uh, you know, as the the well, quite frankly, un- under the Adam Neumann model, if you will, 
designed from the ground up to facilitate the uh, what 10, 15, 20 people all living in in under the same roof. Now, uh, at, at my age, at Robin, at our age, does that uh, does that does that idea appeal? I don't. I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> no. I want to live with fifteen people. No, but I mean, it's a bit of the sign of the times, right? Like uh, mm. there's so much unused space that you have to mm. sort of turn it to something else. There's so many people struggling to to pay rent. Uh, so, you know, it, it's kind of a sign of the times. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, this past week, the announcement came out. They raised $110 million, $70 million, uh, in equity, Series C, and uh, $40 million in, uh, added to the debt pile. However, and this is the one that caught my eye. This, this I thought was pretty cool. Uh, investors have also put another $250 million on the table that they will hand over mid-2024 should current business objectives be achieved. So if they keep on doing what they're doing, uh, there's another half a, a quarter of a billion uh, in, in, in the bank. And fun fact, Robin, speaking of sign of the times, uh, JLL, which is a real estate services company, I had not heard of that. Are they, are they a Belgian? Do you know who they are? JLL? I mean, you're a real estate magnet, right? <laughs> I'm not, but they're pretty big. I know that. Are they big? I don't know. Well, I, I don't own a thing. So, But uh, according to JLL, 24 cities across Europe account for almost a quarter of the co-living market value. And 40% of that comes from just two places. Can, can you take a guess, Robin, what cities those are? Take a you guess. Say London and Paris? Bing! It's London and Amsterdam. Oh. Which I think, uh, and I might be wrong, but I think are the top two most expensive. Well, Paris is pretty expensive too, right? But but yes, I agreed. Backing up, you know, supporting your point earlier. Hmm, cost of living skyrocketing out of control. Why live in a cracker box when I could live in a mansion and share it with 12 other people? Yeah. Yeah. Could yeah. be fun. Okay. Um, I, I've never been to any of their, their spaces, uh, Cohabs, I mean, uh, but I have been to co-living spaces, I guess, in Stockholm, in Helsinki as well, even stayed in one. Um, yeah, it's not something I would do long term, but I can see the need. Uh, yeah. I, I can see the gap or, or, in the market. Or even the fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, could I be mean, fun. If you, I, I, mean, I would imagine if, yeah, if you're there with like 12, 15 of your friends, actually, I mean, who, who I, that might be dangerous. Moving on. <laughs> Actually, do you, you know what? What caught your attention also caught my attention. The 250 million, if yeah. they reach their objectives. Uh, first of all, it's kind of weird that they shared that information because usually they just keep that on the wraps until it's uh, done. Uh, but they didn't share the actual objectives. Uh, well, they did say like this many properties in this many cities, but not, yeah. not much more. But right. I think it's tied to very, very high financial uh, achievements that you know will be difficult to reach. But who knows? Yeah. Well, maybe it's they're applying the Cortez theory here burn the ships put it out there in the burn the ships put it out there in the open uh so you have no there's no option to fail speaking of option to fail (laughs) nicely done nicely done good (laughs) i'm getting better yes segue thing Uh, evernote do you remember evernote phil libin phil libin only joined seven years into the journey did you know that i thought evernote was phil libin's brainchild no wow he no, did no, a no, good no. job what a what a great uh, marketing job his no, team sir. did then oh. evernote was started in 2000 that's 22 years ago wow. 22 years ago it was started and he joined as ceo i think in 2007 okay so oh. evernote was already a thing 
in fairness, Phil actually turned it into more of a thing. Uh, right. You know, adapted it sort of to smartphones that were just about to, you know, iPhone days. Mm. Um, uh, turned it into a, a very useful tool or used by millions, tens of millions of people at some point, I think. Um, I still use it of sorts. Scannable. Yeah, a lot of people do. Like there's yeah. still millions of users uh, from what I uh, gathered. Um, I stopped using it a while ago, but I mean, I always liked the product. It was always mm. useful to me mm -hmm. uh, when I used it. So uh, anyway, the company has really not been in the spotlight uh, a lot in the last few years. And if it was, it was for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but now they got acquired. Uh, Bending Spoons, the Milan-based app developer. Oh, yeah, Bending Spoons, uh, the ones we just the, the Ryan Reynolds. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Really. So they're oh, that's an app development studio, app house, whatever you want to call yeah, it. They've yeah, been around yeah. for a while as well. They're based in Milan. They just raised three hundred forty million, including from Ryan Reynolds, indeed. Mm -hmm. um, and they. Uh, they uh, basically agreed to acquire Evernote. I mean, the deal's not closed yet. It's set to complete in early uh, 23. Uh, also, the terms were not disclosed, so we don't know what uh, kind of deal is going on here. Uh, but hey, Evernote has a change of ownership, or it will soon. Yeah. Uh, and that's, of course, a bit of a surprise, right? Because Evernote uh, raised, I think, hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. in VC, Sequoia, Nikkei, mm. the Japanese mm. media company was in there. Mm. Uh, they were a unicorn at some point, I think, back in 2013. Yeah. Sounds almost, right. Almost, almost sure. a decade ago. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they went downhill from there, right? I mean, they were a series of uh, very bad product decisions, uh, you know, a couple of weird things that they launched in the market. They sort of lost the, mm. the, the, the pioneering role that they had. Didn't they acquire Skitch as well? Or did they, they make did. Skitch? I still use oh, that's, Skitch. That's I also love Skitch. a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah so, well, well anyway. their, branding, their branding worked. It was the elephant head, right? Yes, correct. Yes. Yeah, it's a good yeah. thing you remember. So now All the right. elephant head is the property of uh, bending spoons over in Milan. There is no spoon. Is well, no spoon. Uh, Milan, Milan, Italy, pasta, groceries. Speaking of groceries, Robin. <laughs> so a uh, little, little, little note in the wind this week, dust in the wind, if you will. Uh, or, or should I say, let's, let's, let's put it this way. Further news in the, hey, we blew up during the pandemic, but what now, space? Uh, Leaferando and Getir are partnering. What's uh, Leaferando? Oh, sorry. Leaferando is justeattakeaway.com. In Germany. Genau. Genau. So, yeah, so is this. I don't know. Justeattakeaway.com. Boy, that really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Just -E eat takeaway. Yeah. As the kids no. call it. Anyway, just what is it? J E T. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, that's that's way easier. All right. So, yo, check it, check it. J E T and Getir are partnering, uh, beginning in Germany next week. Approximately two thousand Getir items will be available on the Lieferando J E T in Germany website and app, and delivered by Getir. So, uh. Okay. Uh, and according to the company, the UK, Spain, Italy, and France are next on tap in coming weeks. And the thing that, I mean, yeah, sure, the consolidation thing, we, we've seen it happening. This is just another further uh, 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 validation of it. But what I thought was quite funny is the, uh, the JET and Getir announcement happened almost 24 hours to the second after... Uh, American competitor or, or uh, rival, should we say, GoPuff, announced a similar partnership agreement with Uber Eats 
in the UK. GoPuff and Uber Eats have been collaborating in the US since May of this year. Uh, so I think eventually we're just going to see Get Here gets them all. Yeah, maybe. And, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of, I mean, and, and yeah, and Gorillas, they were, I guess that I was, was just gonna fluff. Say, was that fluff? I don't know. I was just going to say two side notes. One, uh, Get Here is apparently still in very advanced talks to buy Gorillas over in Germany, uh, mm -hmm. particularly strong in Berlin. Uh, so if that happens, they really, really, you know, they're, they're going to pretty much dominate the German landscape. Another side note is that JET's biggest competitor, Delivery Hero, um, acquired Glovo just a couple of months ago, which is mm. essentially a get your mm. competitor. So um, yeah. not just a wave of consolidation, but I would say a flood of uh, consolidation. Uh, and we'll see much more of it in the, in the near future. Would, would that be a tsunami of consolidation? A tsunami. We're going to call it that when it gets even worse. <laughs> a tornado. Yes, but it's not all. So, we, so we've got uh, consolidation. We've got acquisitions happening, and and now over to you with to this week's depressing news, Robin. No, it's good news. No, it's not good news. <laughs> uh, it's depressing news indeed. Um, so many, so many people getting laid off, and I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about Typeform Barcelona. I don't know how much uh, people they they can't, but uh, quite a few. Uh, in an internal memo, uh, Spotify just two weeks ago, UiPath down six percent, SendCloud ten percent, PipeDrive over in Estonia fifteen percent laid off, Dance the new venture from the SoundCloud founders sixteen percent, Jimdo sixteen percent, Hopin seventeen percent, and it gets worse. The the Swedish uh, fintech guys over at Juni uh, laying off more than half. Well. More than a third of the company, so more than 30%. Wayflyer, even more than that, 40%. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bloodbath out there. Um, Deliveroo uh, just exited the Australian market because of, you know, basically not getting anywhere. Um, so lots of uh, jobs being cut, lots of uh, markets being uh, retreated from. It's, it's tough out there. And now for some good news. Back to you, Dan. Why, thanks. Thanks for that report, Robin. In good news this week, Index Ventures is back with its second, count them, one, two, seed-focused fund. Uh, I, I bet you, so the first one was called Origin. Guess what they called the second one? Origins. Oh, that would have been good, right? No, Origin what? 2. Origin yeah. 2. Origin yeah. 2. I guess what they're uh, going to call the third one. Origins. Three oranges? <laughs> yes. But uh, Origin 2 is now the firm's 20th fund. Uh, and since 1996, they have accumulated $13 billion in capital. Not bad, huh? Uh, they've got the portfolio. If you don't know Index, uh, portfolio includes Figma, Deliveroo. Well, Deliveroo, maybe. <laughs> Wise uh, and Revolut. Uh, and doing the research on this piece, I discovered, and I confirmed it with them, that 75% of their initial investments in a company happen at the seed or series A stage. Anyway, uh, the new fund is uh, uh, armed with $300 million. That's up uh, $100 million from the previous one, which debuted in 2021. And so I had a really unique and uh, fortunate opportunity to talk to Index Ventures partner, Hannah Seal. Um, we sat down and, you know, and I asked her that very question. I said, hey, if, if you're already putting this much money into seed and series, like, is there really a need for uh, the dedicated fund? 
and she answered that. And she, I wrote those answers out, and I also recorded those answers. So if you want to know what Index's thinking is behind all of this, head on over to TechEU, where you can find our article. Uh, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and there's a mini podcast, if you will, with Hannah. Uh, but uh, I, I thought one thing that was interesting that she pointed out in our in our initial chat, um, you know, I asked her about the the landscape, and as as you were saying earlier, you know, talking to investors like, hey, how you guys feeling? Uh, she said something that was pretty interesting. She said, you know, this 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 uh, this phrase that we've heard for years now, the war for talent. Um, well. All of a sudden, that war for talent is getting less and less because there's a whole lot of talent that's all of a sudden become available that otherwise wouldn't previously have been. So uh, part of that, you know, obviously that's not the only reason, but part of that is one of Index's stance on why they're extremely bullish about supporting founders right now. And they're clearly putting their money where their mouths are. Uh, and I did a little, little flipping through, uh, the research and, uh, yeah, it, I mean, the stories are true. Airbnb, uh, Slack, Skype, Spotify, even Google to some extent, all born during market lows, uh, or were just about to become low. So yeah, so good for, uh, good for index. They've reloaded the guns. Seems like at just the right time. Uh, and it should be interesting to see if and what and when comes out of that. Yeah, should be interesting. And you indeed, I think you asked the right question uh, to Hannah. I had a conversation with a VC yesterday who said like, you know, North Zone, EQT, now Index. Like that's hundreds of millions, billions even, right? Mm. Mm. Uh, coming from just a few funds. Like how, how do you compete with that? Like he yeah. was very adamant about, you know, the fact that, you know, as a VC, you're sort of your early stage focus, but you have a, I don't know, 50, 60 million euro fund. Yeah. How do you compete? Like, you know, at best you can, co-invest mm. and you know, throw some deal, deal flows in well, their, their well, way but the, the, the index, hannah was 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 pretty adamant about that and 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 actually the information that i got from index as well they they are are pretty adamant about the we want to co-invest we you know we we want to bring yeah, but other I mean, what else are, gonna, are they going to say right well, that's what they all say but it should be I interesting mean, to see it played out in, in, yeah, in any case I, i'll buy it you did didn't you I mean, yeah i mean yeah Sure, why not? I mean, speaking of what are, buying, what are they going to do? Go all in all the time? Come on. Speaking of buying, buying. <laughs> let's talk about sales. Sales. Yeah, all right, let's talk point. about. Well, I mean, I don't have anything else, Robin. Do you have anything else? I have one more thing. One more thing. And it's also coming from one one of Europe's uh, leading uh, venture capital firms, uh, Balderton Capital. Um, they've published a founder's guide to B two B sales which sounds very stale, but isn't. Uh, it's a guide that they basically came up with uh, to help founders, but also CEOs of early and growth based companies. Um, you know, how do you do your sales yourself in the beginning? How do you build it from there? Meaning, how do you manage your first uh, VP of sales? How do you align with your marketing team initially? Uh, from a very, very founder CEO point of view. Uh, so it's a guide that basically puts the focus on, on how they can manage their uh, VP of sales and marketing rather than how to manage like individual salespeople. So mm. really, really um, very, very good uh, insights on on sort of how to build a sales strategy, which I think is super, super, super crucial uh, in startups and especially in the early days. Um, and it's not just uh, anyone coming up with it or, or even the the investors from Baldet. And it's mm. actually an entrepreneur in residence over there. Uh, he's called Dave Kellogg. 
He brings more than a decade worth of experience. Uh, he was the CEO of uh, Host Analytics. He was a general manager at Salesforce. He was the CEO of MarkLogic. Uh, he led marketing for business objects before that. So a guy who knows what he's he talking know, about. He knows a thing or two. Huh? He knows a thing or two. He, he, know, um, he knows a thing or two. So yeah, they're very humble about it. They say, quote, uh, we think this guide will be of interest to executive team members as well as to anyone with a genuine interest in the B2B sales process, unquote. Uh, and then I, I generally think it's a really, really uh, good resource. So it's available online, it's free, uh, and we'll link in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. All right, well, listen, hey, Robin, do you have anything else? I don't. Only to wish you a good weekend and thank you for listening. Well, I have to listen to you. They've chosen to listen to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have for The Drive at Five this week. As always, my name is Dan Taylor. Yours is not. I've been joined by Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. And we are out of here. Ciao. Au revoir. Have a good weekend. That's pretty good. Am I still recording? You're not going to say anything till I stop recording, are you? Oh, come on. Oh, I'm that guy this week? Damn it.